0: Hey,
1: it's Misty and Liz, we're two women who don't know shit about literature, but we love to hang out and talk about the books we've read, and everything else on our minds, so get cozy, grab a drink, and let's get started. Hello! Hey! It's been a hot minute since it we've has. been here, but I'm excited.
0: Me too. I feel like it's been since, what, January? I don't know, it's been since, like, 2016.
1: Yeah, so, you look you look good, like you've grown. I put on makeup today. Oh, I can tell it's great. Yeah, I had to do it to feel a little bit more human. Oh, I wanna know how it is. Mm-hmm. I know,
0: I I do the same. It's like uh, it's like having sex, you know? No really how is that? It's like you don't do it for a while and then you do do it and you're like, Oh my god, I should do this every day <laughs> <laughs> Like, why don't I do this every day? And then you go back on a red, I'm not doing it, and then you do it again, and you're like, Oh my god
1: oh, you're right. So- and then sometimes I like to do my makeup differently. Just like sometimes Ooh. I like to have different types of sex.
0: Right. Oh, so okay. You know, yeah. Like sometimes you,
1: I need a quick and dirty.
0: Well, sometimes you'll add like a little extra something, sometimes
1: or you just need a, a like slow and steady. Mm-hmm. Sometimes.
0: Right. Or you'll go buy something That's new. A,
1: yes. Yeah. Sometimes you get a new foundation. Sometimes you get a new bullet. Right. Foundation Whatever bullet. You need. Same. Same. Same.
0: And then you just yeah. Yes. You're so, right. have you read any books over the break? Let's see. I read our next book okay. that we're doing for next, next time. Okay. I read, remember, okay. So last, was it last episode we talked about um, yellow wallpaper?
1: Yes. During night bitch. Cause it was kind of about like a psychosis kind of, kind of mother unraveling of a mother.
0: Yes. So I bought it from Amazon, a little paperback copy. I think it's only like 20 pages, something like that. It must've cost $2. Honestly, I think I've read it before. As I'm reading it, I am i think I've read it before. It's familiar. Yes,
1: because... Remember the lottery? Yes, the Shirley Jackson? Yes, and Sorry. like how <laughs> fucked up that was. Um, that was probably the biggest twist, unexpected twist that I've ever experienced in my life because I was young when I mm-hmm. read it. I didn't know you could do that. Oh, yeah. It was insane. It
0: was insane, and
1: I've read it. reminds it- me of the Hunger Games. Like, Hunger Games reminds oh, me Oh, absolutely.
0: That. And I've read the lottery... Many times since then and every single time. Because you know, but, you know, you've read it the first time, you know it's going to happen. But as you're reading it again, knowing mm-hmm. what's going to happen, it's just even more screwed up. Yeah. So the Yellow Wallpaper was a slow decline of this woman's mental health.
1: Well, that sounds depressing. It
0: was very depressing. And this was also at a time when, like, for some reason, sleep was like we were... What you need? Oh, you just need to go lay down. You just you just need to lay down. You need. Oh, that need was like sleep. the general medicine. Yes, yes. Oh, well, you you just you need sleep. You know, uh, obviously, you want to kill everyone in your family, but you just need to sleep it off.
1: Right, because whenever you're like depressed and upset, the best thing you can do is go get in the bed and stay there forever.
0: mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Huh? Right. Okay. Yeah. So this is it was I mean, This was like, I, I mean, I don't have it in front of me, but it was like early 1900s, late 1800s, maybe. Mhm. So obviously you didn't talk about how you felt after you had children or in a marriage or anything like that. So, and it, you know, it's kind of, kind of like the book we're going to talk about today. Not really in that postpartum way, but in the way of like mental health was not, even though this started in the late 70s, this was, mental health was not top of everyone's mind. you it's just
1: been very recently. Like, yes. even when I was in high school, we didn't – you didn't talk about mental oh, no, health no, no, like, no, like no. you did now. It's been, like, within the past 10 years, mm-hmm. mental health has finally kind of come around. As and, it should. and rec- Yeah, and gotten yeah. the recognition that it should. Yes. So, it sounds like – I always think that this sounds really mean whenever I say it, but it sounds like after that you need, a, like, a palate cleanser book. Mm, yeah. So, I read this book called Nine Women, One Dress, and I would – Describe that as probably like a palate cleanser book, which to me it makes it sound like it's not a good book, mm-hmm. but it's just a fun, whimsical book, and I really enjoyed it. It kind of at first had a sisterhood of the traveling pants vibe. That's what I, that's it. That's the first thing I think of. Yeah, but it was just like a really fun, good, lighthearted, but still heartwarming book, and I really liked. it. I, I honestly probably read. Two to three, like, palate cleanser books to every, like, deep book that I read. Really? I mean, after The Great Alone, I needed a few palate cleansers. I can't read. I can't go from – I can't go that deep into myself from these books Mm -hmm. and then go into another one. I need to, like, come up out of it. Oh, yeah. I think I've told you this before. Kristen Hannah. like,
0: if we made this whole podcast, like, a fan podcast about her and all of her (laughs) books, I would be, like, for it because I love her. But this is the second book that we've covered on this podcast. The first one was a four wins and then this one. And I have not read this book. I think I read it in 2017. So even going back and and like rereading things and like getting ready for this episode, I like cried because I started remembering things that had happened and how I felt when I read them. And she absolutely writes to make people cry I think oh yeah and but she's so good at it but she doesn't do it in a way that's like obvious Mm -hmm. she's so good at her books are thick as hell but uh she's just so good so I totally get that needing something afterwards because like her books
1: you feel heavy
0: (laughs) you do her books are heavy and your emotions are heavy and it is a
1: heavy feeling you need like something fun and whimsical and just something to make you laugh a really a, another good like make you laugh book is I was told there was there'd be cake or something by this woman named I want to say Sloane Crosby. I probably this kind of off the cuff. I should have looked it up. It's kind of like a little little funny memoir mm-hmm. type essays kind of like Jenny Lawson, David Ooh. Sedaris type. Ooh. You know, just kind of like that. But that was a really funny book too. Speaking of David Sedaris, did we not go see him? Oh my gosh, we did go see him. Uh. And it was my face hurt. Oh, afterwards, my God, he is amazing. I love him. We had the chance to meet him, and we didn't because we have fucking kids, right? So we could have. So we walk in, you know, like Liz and I. Like
0: we have this thing that we do, and we're just guilty of it of turning anything that we do into this thing. So we have a to go the whole thing. So we have to go eat. I think first that's the southern in us. It is. So we have to go eat before, and we can't just like just eat. No. We have to eat and drink. So by the time we get there, cramming down food, carbs, and alcohol, really? we're like stumbling in. <laughs> it's three minutes until this,
1: it starts. They're having like a book signing. Okay. I thought the book signing was taking place afterwards. Didn't know that it was taking place beforehand also. Nope. So we go sit
0: for 10 minutes. We, we could have gotten our book signed and like gotten on with our life. Watched him. He was hilarious.
1: His pants were hilarious. He always wears those culottes. Can I say that? We talk about books a lot, but in my day to day life, I don't know that many readers. And that dude fucking packed the LSU theater. He did. I thought it was just, look. And I'll say David Sedaris, and literally no no one knows know, who like, I'm I talking know, I know. about. I was thoroughly impressed with him and, and Baton Rouge, with, and with Baton Rouge. So go Baton Rouge for because, showing up. Yes, because and not and look, I'm,
0: I think I told you this too. So you bring a book to get signed, right? So everyone had a copy of a book. I low-key was looking to see what people's what book people were bringing. Because, you know, like we read Naked and like Me Talk Pretty One Day. Day. That's the book that we brought with us was Me Talk Pretty. I think Naked came out like 98, 99 or something like that. And then Me Talk Pretty was like 2001 or 2002. So we've been fans of his for like during both of our like momentous – parts of our lives, right? hmm Because when we were reading these, like shit was happening. Mm-hmm. Okay. And his writing got me through shit. And he's so funny. So funny. So when people had their books, I was like looking to see, oh, okay, like, oh, oh, there's naked? Like someone brought that. A lot of people
1: brought Calypso. Oh, they did. Or, like the newer the, the new I was, I was like, Are, are you a new
0: fan? Because <laughs> David and us go back. So I don't know if like you just figured him out. Anyway.
1: I, w- I did. I was a little judgy. But he... W- you're judgy in that way. Like, when someone says their favorite book is Twilight, you're like, okay, so you don't read...
0: Oh, right. Uh, Fifty Shades? <laughs> Sorry. No. Sorry if you like Twilight. That's not even a book. Shades. You know, like, Apparently,
1: one was based off the other. Hmm? That's what I've heard in, like, my Twilight po- was
0: based off of what?
1: Apparently, Twilight was fa- based off of Fifty Shades, or Fifty Shades was based off of Twilight. Like, one of them, I think, was fan fiction of the other. Or... Now I got this information from my podcast group on Twitter, our little Okay. So I'm I haven't verified that, but like it kind of makes sense. Honestly, I've never read either of those. I've either.
0: never read either of them and I've never seen either of them.
1: So I'm being judgy on something that I've never read or seen. I did go see the first one because it was like a girl's night. Twilight? No, the first Fifty, 50 Shades, Shades of Grey. Because it was a girl's night. And my friend was like, I already bought your ticket. Come on. OK, so I can relate.
0: Because our girl's night, we went to go see Magic Mike when it came out. So There's I get kid kid. it. I mean, duh.
1: So I'm being judgy. I, You know what? I'm being <laughs> a bitch about it. But honestly, if something makes people read, oh, yep, yep, I'm yep. happy about it. But I am like, well, I'm not going to read that.
0: I mean, if someone says, like, what's your favorite book A uh, 50 shades? Harry shapes. Potter. <laughs> <laughs> Even that, I'm kind of like, really? Like, grow up.
1: You're thirty six years old, <laughs> right? Like, okay,
0: so you don't read. I love Harry Potter. I know you do. I have a friend
1: asking for a friend.
0: So I do have friends. Have a friend who had her second child after reading Fifty Shades of Grey. Apparently, that was a thing. Was people were people getting pregnant, having Fifty
1: Shades babies? Fun, man, really? This book, was, this book changed the world?
0: I mean, I haven't read it. I don't know. It seems. I
1: don't know Whatever. that I've okay. ever read a book that's like straight erotica, which I I think that's what we that read I that fairy it. book. That's not straight erotica, okay, but the second one is. It is, and you know what? A little spice in a book does a marriage good. Let me just oh, no, say no, that. No, no, no. no, look, I'm not. But I don't it, think but... I've ever read just a straight. I've never am pregnant after reading one, and I am not now. No, but I did for free on Kindle was Ice Planet Barbarians whatever remember that that, yes. that book talk book yeah i downloaded it um and then i bought my son a kindle last week and it fucking showed up on his kindle <laughs> because so accounts i accounts were like he because was it's my account, account. so okay. i hope he doesn't decide i was like, like oh blue alien space
0: space theme oh, or like he turns on his playstation mom and likes yeah
1: i'm a good mom <laughs> follow me for tips i Got some June 22 new releases. Do you want to hear about them? Yes, I do. So I got five books. Just picked a couple that kind of interested me. One of them is called The Woman in the Library by Sulari Gentile. It's a mystery, and it's very, it's not a very Agatha Christie-like. Hmm. Someone in the library is murdered, and obviously, whoever's in the library, they locked it down. Somebody in there did it, and we got to figure out who did it. So it kind of Ooh. sounds a lot like, and then there were none, like Agatha yeah. Then there's How Are You Really by Jenna Kutcher. It's a self-help book, and I normally it's not my not my I thing. love self-help. It's just sounded good for the soul. And I don't know if it is. It could be terrible for the soul. But the synopsis says that it's by the host of the Gold Digger podcast. And it teaches you that you don't have to have you don't have to try to have it all. Instead, you should strive for like a work-life balance that actually lets you enjoy your life, kind of understand who you are and build a support system that gives you success, joy and time to enjoy it, which look, I've been working probably 12 to 14 hours a day lately. Mm -hmm. So that kind of really struck a chord with me because I feel like the weekends in my life are like hurdles mm-hmm. and I'm like sprinting during the week just to hurdle over the weekend and like do it all over again and I'm just so fucking exhausted how many times have we said if we could just get to get past this date we'll be better and every time you get to <sighs> that date there's a new date I look at my calendar sometimes and it's just like it's too much and it's just constant the next one is the hotel Nantucket by Elin Hildebrand it said it was just like a summer read apparently Elin Hildebrand's like a big summer read writer uh, never heard of them. The synopsis says: Lisbeth Keaton is the new manager of a former Gilded Age, like fancy hotel, but it's now run down, and she's kind of hoping to restore it to its former glory and impress its new, like billionaire owner or something. Ooh. So, I don't know. It does sound kind of sound like a good beach read, whatever. All right, this one I put on here because of you. It's called Rogues: True Stories of Grifters, Killers, Rebels, and Crooks by Patrick Raiden Keefe. It's nonfiction, and it's 12 stories of skullduggery and intrigue. And I don't know what the fuck skullduggery is, but you had me at it. Okay, that sounds interesting.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's funny that you mentioned a true book of, like, true stories, because do you ever have a craving to read a certain kind of book? Always, yes. So right now, my craving is to read a book of, like, really cool, like, horror short stories. Oh, Okay, so scary stories to tell in the dark.
1: Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, but like adult, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, like
0: for grown-ups, yeah,
1: so maybe maybe that one will satisfy your craving I'm craving. Then there's the ballad of Perilous Graves by Alice Jennings. This one says it was set in a fantastical version of New Orleans. Mm-hmm. and it's two young mages battle. What? So like magicians, you know how sometimes people call magicians mages? Never heard of that. I don't, well, you don't read that type of book a lot, but I do. (laughs) Okay. So. I like how you said it like everyone in the world is supposed to be like, oh, magicians. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) they do. They know. The cover was so freaking cute. And then the blurb said, go ahead and judge this book by its cover. The read is just as good. And I was like, fucking perfect. So, and it also said that it was perfect for readers of Neil Gaiman. And a lot of people love Neil Gaiman. And then the last one I have on here is Happy Go Lucky by our new bestie, David Sedaris. Mm, I want to read it. Which I think technically that one comes out like May 31st, but that's close enough to June to count it. it? Did you pre-order it? No. Did you? Yes. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you already knew about that one. Yes. You'll Tuesday. probably get it Tuesday. I'll, yeah. I think that's how Amazon works. I would get it the day that it's, I comes out. think that's what, so I think
0: it's going to be shipped tomorrow or today maybe. And then I'll probably maybe get it Tuesday. Oh. But I did pre-order it because get I you was- on
1: top of shit. Well,
0: I was just out of one of three thousand that I.
1: Oh well, good job. You did one. I did. Okay. So you make a to do list and you write pre order David today. Mark it out and then you cross it off immediately. Oh, I do that. That's my favorite way to make a to do list. Is to put shit on there I've already done. Uh huh. So then I feel very. Motivated. And then you go through and mark it. I'm like, oh my god, oh, what are all this shit I've done today? Like Wake I'm up, done, done. Brush sex. teeth. Yep. not done. <laughs> Makeup and sex. Makeup sex. Makeup sex. <laughs> 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 All right. Do so you want to get into? Maybe that's what it means. Maybe so. You put on makeup and then you have lots of sex. Or it's like the analogy. Maybe so. But I don't love having sex with makeup on because Ew. sometimes it gets on your your sheets and then you like your eyebrow comes off. But just one of them. i <laughs> Also, don't like having really having makeup sex because um, knowing me, I'm still a little resentful. So it's still probably <laughs> it's still like not great. Uh, I don't really, we don't really fight that much. I think the biggest fight we've gotten in is I want one of those above ground, like, trailer trash pools.
0: Oh, that's not trailer trash. Get it.
1: I, Jamie is like a, like. Going the grass. Again, yeah, it's going to yeah. kill the grass. It's another thing to have to mow around. He's, he gets angry if I say the word pool now. In fact, you know what I did? We had really good sex one day. I got lingerie and everything. And then like, he was like, oh my God, that was so great. And I was like, so can we get a pool now? And he was like. <laughs> Did you really just fucking ruin this with that? <laughs> so it was not good. Don't do that. I thought it would work, but it oh, did not work. It y'all backfired. I should get a pool. I told him, fuck him. I'm doing it next year. All right. Do you want to tell us? I mean, we kind of already did a little author bio whenever we did the four wins, but I guess you can tell us a little bit more or tell us again about Kay Hannah.
0: Okay. So Kristen Hannah,
1: who is <laughs> really going to fangirl, I think she's beautiful.
0: Um... <laughs> I love her name. (laughs) She's a goddess. I named my dog after her. She she was from California. She has like a list of books that are just so good. However, I have never heard of Winter Garden.
1: She has a couple that I've never really heard of. I'm going to read it though. You gave me Nightingale probably five or six years ago and told me I had to read it. And I was like, yeah, 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 whatever. Is it still sitting up there? Um, Yes. Now I really want to read it. After we mm-hmm. read The Four Winds, then I was like, okay, I'll, okay. I like her. I like right, her. Right. And then Great Alone, I actually just kind of picked up on my own over our little break. And mm-hmm. after I read it, I was like, we have to do a podcast on this. Yes. So now I'm like super into Chris and Hannah books. I'm, I'm loving it.
0: So The Great Alone. We were planning a trip to to New York City. Uh read it on the plane. Uh it was one of those times where like I literally read it as we're walking places. Good God. You know, like mm-hmm. brought it with me everywhere I went. See, that's
1: one of those times that you should try out an audiobook.
0: Right. Or I don't right, or maybe read it while you're at home and not on vacation when you're supposed to be paying attention. Right.
1: So Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. It's actually liberty. You yeah, it all the time, but yep, this yep. book.
0: The Met, but okay. Okay. I'm reading <laughs> this.
1: So I've seen that old tarnished lady a million times. <laughs> right. Oh, another Van Gogh. It's not even a real fire. Up. <laughs> <laughs> Buildings, yes. Okay,
0: right. So I woke up during a, a snowstorm in April for some reason in, in New York. So we were kind of snowed in that day. It was like the perfect day to sit. I sat by the window. It was like
1: the great alone came to you.
0: Yeah, I was like, Misty, I'm going to give you a day to read this book. And yeah. I sat in a chair by the window all day and read. In a van down by the river. Right, right. Chris
1: Farley and Chris and Hannah, right. their cousins. <laughs>
0: And read this book, and it was. I didn't finish it that day, but it was just oh, so good. She is incredible, and I could just sing her praises all day long. I do know that okay, so the book takes place in Alaska. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Apparently, she lived
1: a lot of her time, her family's in her young life, yes, in Alaska, so
0: she knows what the hell is
1: going on. I listened to that in the afterword of the book because I listened to this on audiobook and she did her own afterword and she said that her family kind of started the um the Great Alaskan Adventure Time mm-hmm. Lodge <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. So um I guess the the little thing that Tom Walker started mm-hmm. is based on her own family and whenever i read it she was like from washington lived in california she was an a lawyer turned author and now she's the fucking homesteader in alaska like this woman has lived some life like you no stop? wonder no wonder she has so many stories to tell you're uh, t- you are literally upstaging everybody i know calm it down Kristen. i know
0: like we love you but come on like
1: Come ah. over here and eat some crawfish with us. Right. Just like, chill out. Also, did, there's a lot of book mentions and there's a lot of mentions of the poet Robert Service in this book. And apparently the title, The Great Alone, comes from a Robert Service poem called The Shooting of Dan McGrew, which I read it earlier. Apparently, Robert Service is also known as the Bard of the Yukon. Okay. He's obviously Alaskan, writes a lot about Alaska. The line was Were you ever out in the Great Alone when the moon was awful clear and the icy mountains hemmed you in with a silence you could most hear? Like she got The Great Alone from the Robert Service poem. I thought that was pretty cool.
0: That's I wondered. I was
1: like, I'm I'm very big on titles. So if the title shows up in the movie or the book, I get Mm -hmm. really excited. My husband even knows, like, I get so excited whenever he hears the title of a movie, if we happen to be watching a movie together, he'll, like, reach over and, like, slap me on the leg and, like, pretend like he's really excited because he knows how excited I get. Oh. I always think it's a cop-out. Oh, I love it. And in, <laughs> in The Great Alone. They can't think of anything else? Okay. No. In The Great Alone, they don't really say it too much. So, I was like, well, why does it, mm-hmm. I mean, I can figure it out, but they don't, they don't say it. Yeah. yeah, it's, you, gotta, you gotta figure it out. Yeah. All right. You want me to tell you some summary? Yeah. Tell me some summary. Okay, before I start, there are some triggers in here. Yes. A lot of domestic abuse and alcoholism. Not so much drug use, just alcohol, right? I don't don't remember any drug drug use.
0: use, um, Definitely alcohol.
1: Yeah. And technically this is historical fiction, but to me it's like not old enough to be historical fiction. No. You know what I mean? And
0: knowing me, and I'm in Target, I'm trying to find a book. I flip this over. I read the summary on the back. Why do you think that I was like, "Yes, this is for me"?
1: Um, because there's PTSD. Oh, that's yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Um, let me think. Why else? Abusive relationship. Okay, that, those both
0: make sense. I read it and I was like, "Yes," because it is a coming of age.
1: It is. It's you know, it almost has a like young adult mm-hmm. feel. In the beginning. Throughout the whole thing it does, but like more of an adult, like an adult looking back on -hmm. on her own coming of age. Not necessarily like an actual like young adult book, but like it definitely has a young adult feel. And I love a good coming of age story. Oh, oh, that's my my favorite. I I love a coming of age. And a coming of age mixed with
0: any type of trauma and PTSD, drug use, alcoholism, give it to me. That's exactly
1: what I like to read. That is you. That is me. Okay, so Lenora Albright, they call her Lenny, is a kind of a bookish preteen, kind of a loner. She's She's redheaded. She's redheaded, so her dad calls her red. She's not super popular, but she's not like a big super Mm -hmm. nerd either. Her dad, Ernt, is a Vietnam former prisoner of war, which we're told that's what has given him PTSD. And since he's come home from war, her mom, Cora, claims he's just a completely different person. And he kind of flies off the handle. Anyway, so Ernt inherits some land. Um, In Alaska from a former war buddy. And he takes a cue from Jimmy Buffett. Changes (laughs) in latitude. Might change his attitude. He should have just tried going to Margaritaville first. I know that's just expensive. But like that might have helped. He needed a lot more than. But I have to give it to him.
0: Because he does realize there's an issue. He does think that
1: maybe this would help. So it's 1970s. There's not much help for Mm -mm. Anyone that has like a mental, unless it's a physical issue that we can look at and see, like you're on your fucking own, like deal with it. Like man up is basically what it is. I can imagine being a prisoner of war kind of sucks. And I can see where it would fuck you up a bit. On top of that, having to suppress it. He can't really hold down a job anymore. He's very quick to drinking, quick temper. He decides they don't really have any money anyway. They might as well move to Alaska and kind of see how it is. Lindy's mom, Cora, just she pretty much just goes along with everything he says. She claims to be super in love with him and whatever. I'm kind of mad at Cora. (laughs) So (laughs) anyway, she just kind of goes along with it. They load up the old V-dub bus (laughs) and head out to Alaska. Yeah, they play
0: Lindsey Buckingham Holiday Road and they just head on up to Alaska. There is a Great
1: Alone Spotify playlist. Is there? Yeah.
0: Is that on there? On where the Spotify? I'm Spotify not sure. Playlist. I didn't look at.
1: It. I I just like looked on Spotify. They probably turned it on. Lenny and her family turned on the Spotify playlist as they were going. Oh, they probably. Cre- you think she created it? Probably so. Okay. This fictional character.
0: <laughs> it's going to a fictional town. By the way, I
1: tried to. Fi- I was like, "Is this a real?" That's dude. I did the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I thought it was a real place. It's I was not. like, "That's not." So no. they they're part of a small community called Connect, which is supposedly near Homer, mm-hmm. Alaska. Which is why I thought that Connect was a real place, because Homer is a real place. Mm-hmm. But that's in southern Alaska, so we're just going to go with southern Alaska. The cabin is in shambles. It's very isolated, but there is like a very close-knit sense of community. So once they get there, there's Large Marge, who's probably my <laughs> absolute favorite yeah, character. Yeah, me, I love too. her. She's a former attorney turned general store owner. So she's like very large and in charge. I like fucking <laughs> love her. She mm-hmm. is the best. She had a sister who was killed by an abusive partner. So she like really empathizes with... Linny situation as we move forward. Then there's Geneva and Tom Walker. They are generational Alaskans. Large Marge says says this, in Alaska, everyone is either running to something or running away from something, which, I mean, think about the Albrights. But Geneva and Tom Walker are different in that they are generational Alaskans. They grew up homesteading. This is just their way of life. They're not misfits. They've just been there for a few generations. They're one of the few families that has money but they're also very generous with their time, money, equipment. They have, they're almost like the, the hen, the mother hen of the whole community. Even Tom Walker, he's not a hen, but you know what I mean. Right. Really they kind of sure. just like, what's mine is yours. Mm-hmm. You know, if you need something, let me know. Even if it's like medical care, whatever it is, they're very willing to share whatever they have. And they also have a son, Matthew Walker. He is Lenny's age and her first real friend, like literally ever. Even from whenever she lived in Seattle with her parents, like this is her first friend. Then there's Mad Earl, and he is the father of the man who used to own the land, who gave Ernt the land. A New York Times article written by Janet Maslin described Mad Earl as the biggest paranoid white supremacist survivalist nut around, who Ernt will soon best when it comes to crazy. Okay. That is very true. I had a whole little little blurb written, but that's better than mine. So <laughs> he's sort of the patriarch of his own little group. There's a few little families, I think his kids that live on his land and they're like a little compound live together. So that's basically the community there.
0: Honestly, the Albright's really lucked up by even finding this group of people because they are coming into this blind. And they need all the help they can get. And these are the type of people that they needed.
1: Yeah. Like their first week there, Geneva, Ginny, the generator, she shows up with large marge. They bring their chainsaw. They start getting, oh my God, I can't, I don't know the name of it, but you basically build like a a house up on stilts Mm -hmm. and in the winter you can keep your meat in there because it's like a freezer and the bears Mm -hmm. can't get to it. So they start working on that. They build like goat pens, chicken houses, chicken houses? That, uh, coops. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. They pretty much just, like, take them under their wings and, like, prepare them. If they didn't have these people, they wouldn't have made it oh, a no. week into winter. No, they, no,
0: absolutely not. Because they were – I mean, also, this is, like, in the 70s. So there was no, like, Google, like, how to move to Alaska. So they had no idea what to expect. <laughs> I guess they thought they were just going to, like, live in a cabin in the woods in Alaska. But I think that's as far as they thought. So they
1: get there, and actually, I think it's – one of them ends up telling them, in Alaska, you can make one mistake. One. The second will kill you. And they find that to be true because, I mean, Alaska can be brutal. It's beautiful, but brutal. Um, Then I was listening to a Dateline podcast when I was working. It was uh, The Mystery at Bootlegger's Cove with Keith Morrison and Mm -hmm. his luxurious voice. It was an Alaskan murder. And it said, they have a saying in Alaska, the men are men and the women are too. (laughs) And I was like, yes, because I immediately thought of Jenny hoisting that chainsaw around. Mm -hmm. Have you ever tried to pick... I can barely pick up the fucking blower outside. No, that's... it hurts my arm. Yeah. (laughs) So I immediately thought of her like hurling that chainsaw around and I was like, yep, some badass bitches. Badass bitches live in Alaska. Mm. And you have to be badass. So Lenny actually was able to start school. There's like a little... One room, 1800 style building with like five or six kids, and they're all different ages from like kindergarten to like 12th grade, and they're all in the one room together Mm -hmm. doing stuff. What I thought was so funny is like Alaska is very much on its own terms. And it applies to everything. So the first day that Lenny starts school, the teacher's like, we'll have school Monday through Friday these months unless there's a snowstorm and I can't get to school and then school will be canceled. And, you know, (laughs) like everything is based on the weather or what Alaska wants to do. Because
0: Alaska is literally its own character in this book. It is a huge character
1: Mm -hmm. in this book. The Albright's discover also that every waking moment during summer has to be spent preparing for winter. So you have to pretty much work from sunup to sundown, which is a really long time in Alaska in the summer. Yeah, it's not like um, our sunup and sundown. So you're like twenty three hours working, <laughs> right? Because the sun's <laughs> up. So yeah, suns out, guns out. <laughs> Things pretty much go really well whenever they get there, and it's there's a lot of work that needs to be done. There's physical work that needs to be done, and then you're so tired you go to sleep. So like they're doing great. The problem begins whenever winter starts, and the days are colder, the nights are longer, mm-hmm. the it's days are dark. Yeah. PTSD starts bubbling to the surface. Yes. Arnt begins drinking again, and he's picking fights with everyone from Tom Walker to Cora, frequently beating her up. So, Linny realizes that this has always happened, but she's just never noticed it, because she was either too young, or she was at school on a regular basis, mm-hmm. or... Whatever, and her mom would be like, oh, a felon hit my eye on a doorknob, like, you know, classic story. I think she said she even thought her mom was just super clumsy.
0: Aw. Because
1: she just always had bruises. So once Lenny realizes what's going on, Lenny immediately tries to convince her mom to leave but her. But her mother, time and again, will not leave him. She just keeps making excuse after excuse for him. Oh, I'm so mad at her So they just learn to tiptoe around Ern They're just trying to not set him off but like literally anything can throw him into a violent mood. It doesn't even take anything you can blink wrong and right. he's like he's acting on crazy but I can't say he never hits Lenny So I think that that's the mom's thing is, you know, he's hitting me, but my daughter's safe, we're taken care of, whatever. And I guess, you know, this is the 70s. At one point, they say a woman with a job can't even apply for a credit card without a man. You know, there's a man's world, baby. And Large Marge reiterates Mm -hmm. this a few times. As far as women's rights go in that type of situation, there's really nothing a woman can do about it. You know, like, the police will not interfere. You're basically... You're on your own. ...still the man's property. Mm -hmm. Like, if he wants to hit you, whatever, it's fine. There's not much she can do. She could either, like, run away or she can stay. And I guess she thought staying was the better option, but I'm still mad at her about it. (laughs) (laughs) Throughout all this, Matthew is Lenny's, like, one saving grace. They become the best of friends, and they first start bonding over the Lord of the Rings. I love book mentions in books. I actually went through this book page by page and wrote down every single book that they mentioned. Holy hell. It makes me so excited just to. Really? Yeah, it does. And I mean, because this is historical fiction, she threw in things like watching MASH on TV or like drinking a tab or playing with an Etch-A-Sketch. And it kind of just like. It makes it like real yeah it sets the tone um the mom's favorite movie is Splendor in the Grass which is a movie that came out in the 1960s but she just loves it I did not watch it I looked for it but you know I had to pay for it and you know I'll pay for shit it. but it, I think it's a woman in an abusive relationship so
0: I've heard of it so
1: many times but I've never looked into it yeah I only did because they mentioned it quite a few times in this book so I was like let me look into it I've always been like is it a snake are we talking <laughs> about snakes Oh, God. So one night, things kind of come to a head, and Ern gets really drunk, abusive. He ends up leaving in a rage, going to, like, the one bar that they have, and... I think wolves come and kill some goats all and their chickens, livestock. all their livestock, which is, you need those. Right. It's it's not just like, oh, they killed a couple chickens. It's like you killed our livelihood. Yes. It's like a big deal. You can't just go to the store and get more in all Alaska. Right. This is how you live. So Large Marge and Tom Walker decide that they ne- need to intervene. They kind of come up with a perfect setup. Mm-hmm. They get earned a job on the pipeline, which means he will be gone During the winter, during like the PTSD months when it's going to be bad for him, he'll be gone working, making money, which the family needs money. Mm -hmm. And Large Marge is going to come stay with the women at their cabin to kind of teach them how to do shit. Perfect setup until Ernst loses his job. Oh boy, gets fired. Yep. Of course he does. So he walks in and like Forrest cooking. Tom Walker and Large Marge are playing cards at the table. He didn't like that. This is uh uh-uh. This is my family. Then Matthew's mother, Geneva, drowns while they're out like hunting and fishing one day. And Matthew ends up leaving. He thinks it's his fault, which of course, you know, no. It's not his fault, but I can see probably most people would end up with that conclusion. Like I was with her, I could have saved her. I didn't yeah, do enough. I didn't do enough. Yeah. So he can't stay there anymore. So I think he ends up moving to like his aunt and uncle's house in like, Anchorage or a bigger city in Alaska. And his sister already lives there. Her name's Elieska.
0: Which that is I actually
1: was so different and pretty. It means Alaska. In like oh. native tongue. So, Elieuska, it's details like that that mm-hmm. make her. She never says that. No, no. never says that never in the that book. You never look into it, but then you're like, perfect. Because this was an audiobook, I heard her saying it, mm-hmm. and I was like, how do I spell that? <laughs> so I Googled it, and mm-hmm. it says, like, this is Alaska and a native tongue. And I was like, Chris and Hannah. And you don't even say it. But then like, when you find out you're things so like subtle. that, Like, I know. Yeah. subtle greatness. But him and Lenny actually still write letters the whole time he's gone. So they keep in very close contact. Mr. Walker, he owns most of the town and he realizes that tourism is going to be a big thing in Alaska. So he's trying to cash in on it. He starts fixing things up. He wants to own a great Alaska Adventure Time frontier (laughs) place. So he starts fixing up his land to be that. Adventure Time. He starts fixing up his land to be that. Ernt is like not having it. He does not want outsiders there, which I think is so weird because he's lived there for all of, like, a year. Like, you're an outsider. You You are the outsider, bro. I'm not, like... What are you doing?
0: These are the people that are from here that know what's going to help the town. Mm -hmm. And then here you come. Like, we don't have outsiders.
1: Dude, you live here for, like, 30 minutes. Exactly. I don't understand where he's coming from, but he's even, like, vandalizing Mr. Walker's buildings. And meanwhile, Mr. Walker is, like the sweetest person doesn't seem he's like it's very cut and dry like villain hero in this story what really sets erd off is when mad eye moody nope that's the that's that's harry potter um (laughs) what that's a harry potter thing mad eye moody yeah what's his name matt earl they're very close They have
0: Matt
1: in them. So Matt Earl passes away and then Ernst thinks that he can turn the entire town against Mr. Walker. So the entire town's like, well, fuck off, Ernst. (laughs) Because
0: why would you want to... This is somebody that everyone in the town loves.
1: I mean, Matt, I... I cannot stop. Oh my God. Matt Earl didn't necessarily love Mr. Walker. It was basically Matt Earl and Ernst whatever. And then Mm -hmm. Matt Earl was patriarch of his family so he could kind of control his family. Once Matt Earl's gone... The family's like, Tom took care of my daughter whenever she was sick. I can't. Tom did this for us. Like, I'm not going to turn my back on this man. No, no.
0: And people knew better.
1: I mean, shit really hits the fan for him now because he starts building a, a fence, a huge fence around his land basically locking Cora and Lenny into the land and locking everyone else out. They're like prisoners at this point. It was moments like this. I remember being very frustrated because it was like,
0: if it wasn't for these damn people, your family would be dead. Because yes. you're the one, they couldn't depend on you. You screwed it up. It's these people that have picked up your pieces. Time and time again. Time and time again. And now you're going to like, you're going to turn on these people. I remember just being like, they need to take him by the hand and walk him to the edge of town and just fucking kick him out.
1: Yes. Push and him everyone
0: cliff. would be great.
1: Hey, I mean, he offers nothing. He Good for nothing. nothing to the table. Nothing. He breaks everything. He's horrible. Lenny actually convinces her mother to leave. They make an escape, plan, an, an escape plan. But when they try to leave, the weather is so bad and unforgiving that they get into a car crash. Right. Lenny's able to get out. Guess who has to come fucking save Cora? Ugh. Oh. Mr. Walker. Yeah. Not Ernst. But he does it. He, he does it gladly. Yeah. And I feel like there's a little attraction going on between the two of them. So they never, I don't think they ever like kiss or anything, but there does seem to be some attraction. Cora is described to be like a very beautiful woman Mm -hmm. and Mr. Walker just seems like such a nice guy. It seems like everyone would like him. I think he actually ends up having to put her in the boat, bring her to the hospital. Mm -hmm. She has to get well. Then she ends up right back at home. She refuses to press charges against Ernt. So it's just, nothing came of it. They It was all for nothing. They lost their vehicle. And Cora had to spend some time in the hospital. So it was all for nothing. Matthew actually comes home mainly to get Lenny and to make a plan together. They want to go to college together, which this was a little... It seems like Matthew's such... He's he's like a mini Mr. Walker, obviously. Mm -hmm. So I don't really know why he was so stuck on Lenny. But he was... So he came home to get her, to convince her to go to college, to, like, be his girlfriend, to kind of go away together, start their life together. During this time, they're, like, sneaking visits with each other. Because their relationship probably started as a friendship first, it was a very, like, deep relationship from the get-go whenever they started being, like, boyfriend and girlfriend. Right. She's decided that she's going to go to college. Large Marge and Mr. Walker are actually going to pay for her to go to college.
0: And that's another thing, too. Like, really, after all of this, they're still like, yeah, let us help.
1: Yes, they want to help. But do you even think though, Arnt would
0: ever do that? No, no, Arnt's not even
1: doing that for... His Arnt refused kit. to go to the senior barbecue. Lenny graduated and he wouldn't even let her go. Arnt would burn the school down before he would, like, help out. Ugh, he's terrible. So finally, Lenny and Matthew run away together. And of course, there's this terrible accident. Yeah. Lenny slips and falls. Then Matthew slips and falls. Matthew hits his head. He loses a lot of blood. He goes into a coma help doesn't come for several hours and they aren't even sure matthew will make it through the night he does but his body and his mind are like in shambles he can't walk he can't talk it's just a series of like violent groans and thrashing Mm -hmm. and they describe his face as being like frankenstein like it's kind of patchwork together after this it's like the
0: worst thing that you can imagine and give it to kristen hannah because have you noticed with especially like Contrast to like the four wins with this is like any time there's ever, there's always a husband and the, the woman has to make it. I love that, that there's a lot of power in that, mm-hmm. but you try to, you get on the road, you try to go and there's always like a hiccup.
1: And it's always the worst thing you can imagine. No, right. it's not just like flat it's tire. Not, exactly. It's flat tire. It's, it's not car just like, up. I slipped and, slipped and scraped my elbow. It's like I s- slipped and fell into a coma. The worst thing. The worst So, Lenny has to go home again.
0: It's like, turn around, go back.
1: But then she discovers she is pregnant. Of course she's pregnant. From that one time they had sex. (laughs) I'm not,
0: I'm, look. I'm a huge Kristen Hanna fan. It's not that. It's just like
1: when you sit and talk about it, it's like... Oh, literally in my notes, I have that one of the biggest critiques is that people say like Kristen Hanna is very like melodramatic. And in my notes, I wrote that I did not find it melodramatic as I was reading it. Mm -hmm. But as I was writing the notes down, Mm -hmm. I realized how melodramatic right it was. Well, as you're
0: reading it you're just like as you're reading crying it, and this is so beautiful and all this but then you you step back and like you talk about it and you're like and then they had to go back and then she got pregnant that one time they had sex and right it's like just like the four winds. got pregnant it's just kind of like if there's a if there's a way for someone to get in a car accident if there's a way for someone to get pregnant if there's a way for a house to burn down or get covered in sand or you know a husband to be an asshole or run away
1: Chris Nann's gonna find it. Mm-hmm. And she's gonna do good too. Mm-hmm. So her dad loses a shit because not only is she pregnant, she's pregnant with Tom Walker's grandchild. Mm-hmm. His arch nemesis. <sighs> right. Um <laughs> so this is the first time that he kind of turns his rage on Lenny. And also the first time that I was like, fuck yeah, Cora. Mm-hmm. Because she takes the gun. And shoots and kills his ass. Mm-hmm. Goodbye, Earl. That's right. <laughs> like, You're like, Finally. what took you so long? I'm pretty sure that she's like, not my baby. <laughs> or whatever. I don't know. <laughs>
0: it's that country talk. Remember that country song that was like. about Roll. I'm sure if I Google country song, my husband like, dies. It's was it be Carrie like, Underwood? Not before he cheats. mm Independence
1: Day. Remember Martina Break Pride? It's like, it's so old. All I can think of is that, uh, we'll put a boot in your ass song that makes me so embarrassed every time i hear it i don't know why it's not like i wrote it
0: and this probably is uh, this and independence day yeah <laughs>
1: This. yeah it's about it's about abuse do you know what song i'm talking about i do but now i've got goodbye earl in my head anyway okay.
0: it's about abuse abusive
1: relationships
0: and she's like independence day like i'm gonna fucking kill you i get my independence back mm-hmm okay Continue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. So they tell Large March. who tells them what to do. I'm pretty sure they, like, sink his body in the lake, and then they run away. They kind of stage it to where it looks like he killed them, and then he ran away instead right. of the opposite. So they go back home to Seattle to her parents, who take them back in with open arms. They forge documents. Cora's dad even gets some forged documents. Yeah. They can change their names so that, like, no one will come looking for them. When they do come. Because if the police are
0: coming and you're like, why did you change your name so no one look at you, look for you? because you killed your husband? But it could also be like, no,
1: so my husband couldn't find me. So, but they have they have a good they have a really good life in Seattle. Lenny has the baby. She names him Matthew Junior or MJ for short. Um, I really like how she tries to instill Alaskan ways in mm-hmm. Matthew because she, I mean, in the grand scheme of things, she didn't live in Alaska that long. No, she only lived there for like four or five years or so, and. To me, it seems like Alaska is home. It's like where she belongs. There's actually a quote that says "home." The word had layers of meaning: a place, an emotion, memories. And I just feel like Lenny belongs in Alaska. That's her she belonged home. in Alaska with Matthew, without her dad. Yes, and Alaska seems like such a hard place to live, but she she was made for it. Like it is, it's Alaska is her soul through and through eventually Cora passes away from lung cancer. Throughout the book, this woman is like chain, smoking, cigarettes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. So she passes away from lung cancer when MJ is around five and she kind of sneakily requests that Lenny scatter her ashes in Alaska and it's because, like, if we know that mm-hmm. Lenny belongs in Alaska, her mama knows. Because I'm talking some shit about Cora, but really Lenny and Cora are very tight. Like, they're oh, yeah. they're like best friends. It's It's not really a mother-daughter relationship. It's I mean, it is, but it's a—it's mostly like a best friends relationship. So she knows that Lenny belongs in Alaska, but she might not go. So mm-hmm. she requests that her ashes be scattered in Alaska. She wants to get Lenny back in Alaska. She even writes a letter saying that she alone I was confessed. responsible for the murder of Ernst, so mm-hmm. that Lenny can go back. She can be herself. Everything's fine. So Linny makes it back to the Walker compound, and she finds Matthew, and he's not totally himself, but he's in a much better condition than when she left. So he can walk, he can talk, he kind of has like trouble processing information, but he under he understands things. Right. Yeah, he wasn't as she
0: left him, which honestly it kind of made me sad because it was like he was such a good guy. And he was such, such a good, good guy. family and. He wasn't bedridden in all, in all of this stuff, I guess, that she presumed he was. It was like, your kid's older, a little older now. Like, they missed out on that.
1: Yeah. You know? But from what it sounds like, he was maybe a little scary. Mm-hmm. Whenever he was, like, you know, whenever MJ was younger, he probably, he's worked very hard to get to where he is. So, whatever. They're moving forward. Matthew is still head over heels in love with Lenny. In fact, Lenny comes and says, I, um, I brought someone with me. I want you to meet him. And Matthew's like, no, fuck this, in his head, you know? Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm not fucking meeting him. Like, (laughs) you've moved on. Mm -hmm. Like, he's very upset. So he starts, like, freaking out or whatever. And then he realizes it's a little boy. And he's like, okay, whatever. And then he realizes it's his son. And I think Matthew, like, all he ever wanted was his own family. Mm -hmm. Like, even from a young age, it went from, like, fuck this to, like, oh, my God, this is my family. Like, the most excited he'd ever been in his life. I thought that was so sweet. So he's just elated whenever he meets his son and MJ like takes to him very quickly takes to Alyeska Mm -hmm. the grandfather it ends up a happy ending I don't like an unhappy ending I was thrilled with the ending of this story it was not like the it was like the best case scenario it really was like shit happened but they they kind of conquered everything and at some so Lenny goes back
0: and she actually like incriminates herself a little bit, right? And mm-hmm. so, like Matt, like Matthew's parents, like help her out because she, she kind of gives some information
1: that only that kind of. Well, <laughs> she falls for the oldest trick in the book where <laughs> she gives the cop hit the exoneration letter and he's like, well, you know, it's a big body. I'm sure it took two. Mm-hmm. Everything will be okay if you just confess. Yeah. And so she did. Right. And then she got thrown in jail. Right. I mean, it was, it, was, yes. it was a small part of the book. Yeah, it was. It, it didn't last very long. No. Uh, Large Marge is, an, is you know a former attorney. Right. Of course she was. So right. she comes in and she's Specialized, like. Specialized. She specializes in
0: um, incriminating
1: yes. women. I mean, there's a lot more. Yeah. I did leave. Even though that sounded like a seven hour summary, I did leave <laughs> out some things. I mean, the book is 3,000 pages. Yeah. <laughs> so. So the biggest theme overall would be Survival. Surviving Ernt, yeah. surviving Alaska, surviving tragedy. I mean, the whole book is like a survival thing. You said earlier, Alaska is its own character. And it very much is. But it also kind of represents Ernt. Because Cora's claiming there's this beautiful side to Ernt. She loves mm-hmm. him. But he's, he's also deadly. Beat you down. Yeah. All right. Do you have anything to say? I've got a couple questions.
0: Sure. I have some questions, too. What are your questions?
1: Number one, first and foremost, after reading this book, do you think that you could make it in Alaska, and would you want to? No and yes. Same. (laughs) I could not, but I would want to. You know, I feel like sometimes I surprise myself, and if I had to, I feel like I could make it. Yeah. But, first of all, I'm allergic to the cold. Mm -hmm. I don't like being, I Mm. hate being cold. Like, I'm not the kind of person that's
0: like, oh, we'll go tailgate when it's, like, football, and it's November, and it's, you know, the high is, like, even 60. Yeah. <laughs> 42? No. No, absolutely not. No, um, I'm uncomfortable, and I want to go back to the car. Yeah, yes, I just want to go home. But it's also, like, you ever watch neck and Afraid? <sighs> Jamie watches it while I'm going to sleep, so yes. Okay. So, we watch that a lot. My kids play Dressed and Afraid. Okay. So, they, they have that s- necklace? Well, they, yeah, with the microphone. Yeah. No, they go outside in their, cl- you know, obviously they're dressed and they play in the woods and they call it Dressed and Afraid. Okay. But I watched that and there's no way I could do that, but I would like to try. I will not try, yeah. but I would like to see what I'm capable
1: of. Yeah, I always feel like you're always more capable of things than you think. Mm-hmm. Like whenever anyone's faced with tragedy, everyone's like, well, I don't know how, I don't know how you I make never it. never live another day. And you're you're like, well, you know. You got to what's the alternative? Right. You you're to gotta play the hand you're dealt. I mean I probably could I feel like I would be very unhappy though because I probably say every episode that I live for sunshine. I yeah. love sunshine, I get I will turn into an urn in a second in the winter in Alaska, I'm pretty sure.
0: Um, do you think this book could have taken place any other location other than Alaska? No. No. Alaska is the
1: main part of the book.
0: I mean, I could not see this being in like um, Tennessee.
1: I mean it's off the grid. Mm-hmm. I can't think of anywhere like in the contiguous US where you could get that off the grid. Also we didn't really mention it, but wildlife right. is you know, that's part of Alaska. Mm-hmm. It's like everything everything is so dangerous there and simultaneously so beautiful. It's just I I'm sure there's a place I don't know, in Russia. Didn't Alaska <laughs> used to be part of a Russia part of Russia? I, I mean they're very close. I think there's there's that a part Alaska from Russia. Really? We.
0: We. We did. The you Americans. Mm-hmm. There's also a place I saw that like freezes over that you could literally walk from Alaska to Russia because there's yeah, only like, a land
1: bridge. That's how they yeah, say that the Native Americans got there. Okay. And
0: it's like tw- 20 miles long.
1: Yeah, it's not. It's, it's I not mean, bad. it's not far at all. Like you think that we're like, oh my God. No. Just, I remember whenever Sarah Palin said, I can see Russia from my backyard. That's right. And yeah. everyone made fun of her. Yeah. I think she was serious. That's 20 miles. If you have nothing between you and there, if you have some binoculars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, I just thought of this. Elieska's name is named for Alaska. You know, like, Alaska is very, very deep in their family. I'm pretty sure Sarah Palin's kids are named after cities in Alaska, too.
0: I think you're right. You know, like,
1: people that are from a certain place, like, people from Louisiana are very, Mm -hmm. like, rooted into Louisiana. But same goes for Alaska. Like, if you're an Alaskan and you you are proud of it and you, you want people to know. So, what is and one of her daughters named Bristol. Bristol. Or, and I just thought that was cool. Like politics aside, mm-hmm. I think it's cool when people take pride in where they're from. Oh, yeah. I like that. I like it when people get excited about where they're from. Like when people come here and they're not from here, I'm like, let's have a crawfish bowl. Let's let me show you some some Louisiana things. Let me let you experience oh, yeah. New Orleans I, I, or I love whatever. showing people Louisiana. I don't like being here. Ugh, I love being here. Well, good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll go I want to move you literally like all the time. So, one of Ert's thing was, like, they would say something like, well, we got we to gotta prepare for when the shit hits the fan, like, when the government comes to get us and whenever mm-hmm. people are acting crazy. How do you think Ert would handle today? Like, I mean, we just had a school shooting last oh, week. God. There's wars going on. With all this COVID stuff, it seems like survivalists are very, like, you know, COVID, oh, yeah. COVID was placed by the government. And-
0: yeah, there's a lot of doomsday, a lot of... You know, survival. Oh, I got to have 18 months of food and all of that. You right. Know, the government's coming. I think that there's a whole political party where I think
1: he would fit right in. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> I don't even know. Like, shit really has hit the fan now. Yeah. So if he thought shit was hitting the fan then, then my God, thank goodness you weren't around for today's times. Exactly. 50 yeah. years later. A
0: lot of people say, well, we just need to get back to the way we were. And if we could go back and things are were better then than they are now. And it's like, you read stuff like this and it's like,
1: no, they weren't. Are you kidding me? Also, the 70s makes me think of fucking serial killers. Oh
0: my God. How the many- 70s and serial killers was like prime peak. Like,
1: time. if you were going to be a serial killer, the 70s is where you were. Early to do
0: 80s, it. because apparently nobody's database ever linked up or anything. Like, even in like different mm-hmm. parts of the state but you'd have to die before 23 and me came along oh yeah 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 because nobody talked to you it how many like- serial
1: killers were simultaneous there was golden state killer there was hillside strangler there was uh that richard guy richard ramirez
0: i mean they- weren't they all operating around the same time oh, yeah and there's like tons of them and there was like crazy yeah like son of sam and women. Ha- women had no rights women's had the- great fashion but you know what we're getting it back today so we'll stick with that incredible music but, yeah, like, women couldn't vote. If you were a person of color, you mattered zero. If you were a homosexual, you Had to hide it.
1: Had to hide
0: Yes. But so it was like when you read
1: books that's, like, set back then, it's like, why would you want to go back to that? No. I, I understand wanting to get back to basics and maybe, like, a simpler time, but. That never existed. Right. It was simple for certain people. It wasn't yes. simple for. It was simple for white males.
0: <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Landon, are you listening? <laughs>
1: If Whatever. I say, like, simpler time, I basically mean pre-internet. Yeah, I mean, like, my
0: simpler time. Right, not 90s. Si- yeah, not simple for other people. I can't say, oh, it was simple. It was easy for me, so therefore it was easy for everybody else. Do you have any more questions? So PTSD, do you think that if Ernst was now, do you think
1: that he would be, like, in a different place I feel like um, what we talked about earlier, mental health has come along so so has come so far. It needs to go further, but yes, it needs yes, but it's taken great. Mm-hmm. Oh my shots. god, yes, it has. I feel like today there would be the resources and help available for him if he would make some effort. You know, I, f- mm-hmm. I feel like mental health is like alcoholism to where you cannot help people that don't want to be helped. But if he wanted help. And I feel like in a moment of clarity he did. Mm-hmm. It's just he got taken over. It was, over. Too, much. It was yeah. too much for him. So if he wanted help, I feel like it would have been available. So maybe there would have been hope for him.
0: I do think that if Cora and Lenny, if they had done what they did, now they would have been at Ship Creek and wouldn't been in jail.
1: Oh, for sure,
0: <laughs> for sure.
1: They got off pretty easy, considering what happened. Of course, this is a book, but... Got a couple bad reviews, and then I'm going to tell you, we can go into stars. So Reva from Goodreads gave it two stars, and she said, This book is a Jerry Springer episode set in Alaska. As a big fan of The Nightingale, I was enthusiastic about Kristen Hannah's newest novel, but The Great Alone is comically unrealistic and hyperbolic, leaving me laughing aloud as the plot thickened in the most implausible of ways.
0: Well, um, you know what? As we're reading it back to each other, I do understand what she's coming from. But reading it.
1: It didn't read that way. No, it way. didn't read that way. The but summary like, did. Oh, like, the summary was like, okay, now really enough's enough. But reading it, I really enjoyed it. Oh, I did too. And then L.A. Cantrelli from Goodreads gave it two stars. And she simply said, "Chicklet, fifth grade Lexile, took one for the team. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> <I> no. <know. laughs> <laughs> I was like, what? Um, and this isn't, isn't necessarily a bad review, but I read a New York Times article about uh, The Great Alone. It was called A Troubled Dad Takes His Family Into the Wild by Janet Maslin. Uh, I mentioned it earlier in the episode. She never quite said anything bad about it, but her tone had a lot of eye rolls in it. it. Okay. So she had a very eye rolling tongue. So I'm thinking that she didn't really like the book either. But it didn't say one way or another. It was just kind of like, Yep. <laughs> and it had that like straight face emoji basically
0: i think i reuse that emoji more than any other emoji because oh that's God. literally how i feel
1: i like the new one now where he's kind of like oh like, yeah like Inc- but he can like see one eye yes out of- i like that one and i like the one when he's like melting yes that's louisiana heat mm-hmm. um okay how many stars did you get this book uh
0: let me just say this before walking here and recording it i would have given it five stars Reading it back and discussing it, I kind of knock it down to four. Oh, really? Yeah,
1: I kind of the same. I have five stars on my page. Mm-hmm. I think I would keep it at five stars though, just because I I really liked it, and I have like eighteen hundred points as to why I like it. I do love it. <laughs> I do.
0: I'm gonna keep it five stars, but discussing it, it was kind of like it could have kept going forever and ever and ever. Oh,
1: and then they try to leave, it and then it was, and then and then and then right, it was like. Ugh. It was a lot. It was a lot of, like, mini peaks yes, in the book yes. before the big peak. It really hit home for me. I've always felt this connection with Alaska, even though I've never been there. You think it's because so, Daddy worked there? Yeah. So our okay. dad worked in Alaska my whole life. He was always in Alaska for 10 months out of the year. Mm-hmm. He would be at home in Alaska for five months, home for a month, in Alaska for five months, home for He was in Alaska most of the time. So to me, Alaska... Almost feels like a second home to me. It's like reading about home. I feel like I know Alaska, even though I've literally never been there. Mm -hmm. And Daddy didn't even live in Alaska. No, but like... On the water around Alaska. Yeah.
0: But, like, he always talks about uh, the Aleutian Islands and the Bering Sea and oh, Dry we're Dog. To, we're going to
1: Dutch this week. We're going to Dutch. And, you know, he was in Ketchikan and So Alaska's pretty much been, like, part of our day-to-day life mm-hmm. forever. I actually found a card that Daddy sent me whenever I was little bitty. And it was uh, a little native Alaskan girl, and she's like, mountains in the background. Mm-hmm. And he wrote me a little note, and he was like, I just thought that you'd like to see what the children look like in Alaska. I need to find – I, you know, I had it, and I really hope I didn't put it in the frickin' Great Alone Library book and then return it, because that would be heartbreaking. I'm going to look for it, or I'm going to lose my shit and cry. Then the mom dies of lung cancer, which is how our dad died. Yeah. When the mom passed away, I – my routine is mm-hmm. I make a smoothie, I put on my swimsuit, I go outside, I drink my smoothie outside <laughs> not, in just, the heat. That's just, that's I just mean, me. Because we all have our routines where, like, and to us, they are like perfect, but it's just what we do. So, my routine is I lay out, I listen to an audiobook. It's hot as fuck outside mm-hmm. right now, whenever I was listening to it. I'm like bawling, crying in my backyard by myself. The cat and the dog are both <laughs> looking at me like I'm psycho. I can hear the neighbor open her door next to me and start, she comes outside and smokes and I can't see her because there's a fence there but mm-hmm. like I can hear her TV. Mm-hmm. You know, like I know she's there. So that was super fun for me. <laughs> I and ended up stopping in in the middle of her dying and then came inside and folded clothes and listened and she's still dying and I'm like folding mm-hmm. clothes, bawling, crying. It was just it was horrible. I, I honestly I felt like I felt like Kristen Hannah took bits and pieces of my life mm-hmm. and wrote this book. Is, oh, yeah. Is how that's why it's five stars for me, even mm-hmm. though daddy never hit us. No. No. Both of our parents had problems with drugs and alcohol. Mm-hmm. But it never it never came to physical abuse like that. I just feel like this book was like written for me. You know, yeah. like this book is my book. Mm-hmm. So I I loved it. I said earlier I loved all the book mentions. The book to me kind of reminded me of Gilmore Girls, which you know was like one of my faves mm-hmm. because Lorelai and Rory. Oh, the
0: mom and the daughter. Okay, yes, okay.
1: Cora and Linny are like Lorelai and uh, Rory, and it was just very like that's how close they were. You know, like I said, it was not quite a mother daughter relationship, and mm-hmm. that's kind of how Gilmore Girls is. Meets The Shining. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes. I Gilmore think Girls that. meets mm-hmm. The Shining okay. meets Romeo and Juliet. Okay, yes. Okay, with a splash of Educated or the Glass Castle. Mm, yes. In it, yes. Because, you know, it's, it's yes. off the grid and just, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's got all that. I did not like Cora. So, not only did she stay with this abusive man when she could have left a million times, but she raised her daughter around this. Mm-hmm. Like, she's teaching her daughter this is how relationships go. I could not. I'm more about, like, a strong female character. Mm-hmm. And- um, but you know, I mean, she did. She did womaned up at the end. She definitely did. I, she stood up for her daughter. Yeah, so that's what matters. So there's that. Also, did you notice that the names in the Four Winds there was Elsinore in the Four Winds, and there's Lenora mm-hmm. in the Great she Alone. Like, yeah, she likes those. Even though they called her Elsa in the Four Winds, they called her Lenny mm-hmm. in the Great Alone. I thought that was that was kind of funny. That it's very similar. Julia Whalen narrated both of those books. And then both of those books had like pretty strong female voices, mother-daughter relationships, no good dads. I've also the heard The stories were very different, but it yes, had a lot of similarities. They
0: did. And I've also heard both of them called The Great Depression and The Great
1: Suppression. So there's lots of similarities, but they're the stories are so different that Oh, they're completely different, but they are the same, but they're different. Exactly. Right. Have you read any other besides The Nightingale? Was that a was that strong female characters?
0: Yes, With sisters in World War II, very strong. I mean, I'm talking like Nazis. Let Nazis me guess. T- they're
1: going through crazy time. Uh, yeah. Um, shit's happening in the actual world and in their personal lives. Mm, yep. And let's see what happens. One of them gets really hurt some way. I'm writing the recipe for a Kristen Hannah book. I don't think so. What?
0: You know okay. what? As much as I love the book,
1: don't I can't remember give it. you like
0: details. details about it. To me, the Four Winds and this are like the same story, just completely different times of yeah. history. I could see,
1: to me, Four Winds is a historical fiction. Yes. Yes. This, not so much. Same. I think it's just because... Like, you were literally born in the 70s. The tail end of it. I mean, that. yep. But you were born in the 70s, so that doesn't seem like historical fiction. But, I mean, really, the 70s is almost 50 years ago. Anyway, so... so anything <laughs> else to say? Um, <laughs> I also... Binge-watched Firefly Lane because it's a Netflix show, Mm -hmm. Kristen Hannah's book, Firefly Lane. I actually watched the first episode after we did The Four Winds, and I was like, yeah, well, that was great. Okay, and I just never picked it back up again. I watched it in preparation for this episode, and it was so good. Was it? Yes, it was. I think that I don't usually like Katherine Heigl. Um, Yeah. I'm kind of weird about teeth, and I don't like her teeth. They're big. So I'm just (laughs) weird. I'm just so weird about teeth. I'm just, it's the weirdest thing. One of the characters is like that weird kind of always awkward and like a charming way. Mm -hmm. And like kind of made me like feel embarrassed for her a little bit. But after I watched it all, I actually really liked it. And I can't wait for the second season to come out because there was a lot of unfinished business. It was about two best friends friends. Growing up together, they grew up on Firefly Lane. Mm -hmm. That's why it's called that. But now they're, like, in the world, and they're into, like, journalism. And one of them has a talk show. And it's just, like, these two women are there for each other through thick and thin. Like, they're – it's just such a sweet relationship. Mm -hmm. And I absolutely loved it. If you like Sweet Magnolias on Netflix, have you ever watched that? that. Mm Mm-mm. That's another one about friends, but it's, it's, it's a lot like that. But I actually really enjoyed it, and I, I didn't think that I would. I liked it. It's worth it. Probably not like a super, like, watch with the husband. It's more okay. of like a watch alone flick. Okay. But it's good. I, I really liked it, and I want to watch the second season, except for we are canceling Netflix because they go up every single month, and I'm sick of that shit. Okay. Speed. This is completely off the cuff, but speaking of, like, watching with, like, you remember
0: Mermaids? Yes, with Cher? Yes. Yes. I watched it the not- other night. I was trying to find something to watch, and Elliot and I were in bed, and I I was like, let's watch this. Oh, my God. It's so bad. What? I mean, kind of, yeah. But what a cute movie. Like, I completely, that's I was watching. I was like, I remember every single bits of this movie. I
1: only remember the little girl who looks like the girl from Matilda. It's um, Christina Ric- Ricci. Okay. And she's in the bathtub trying to hold her breath. And yeah. And she's, like, timing it. Yeah, because she was, like, a swimmer.
0: That's the only thing And she's thing walking around with, like, the pumpkin on her head. I just loved being older now. Like, I watched it when I was maybe a little bit older than oh, I probably Jax's age. Probably 13, 14 when I watched it. And it was good. But being a mom now and watching it and, like, seeing Cher, not just as a completely neurotic mom, but, like, being a mom now. Yeah. Then I was like, oh, it's so good.
1: Oh, I'm going to have to watch that.
0: Yeah, it was just, I don't know. It was just.
1: You it found it on really- TV? I think it was on Amazon. Um, do you have anything else to say about this book or anything? <sighs> no, I just really love Kristen and Hannah. Me too. That's what I've decided. I'm glad that I finally read one of her books or two. Oh, good. Kind of like housekeeping, we're both super busy. There's a lot going on. So I think we're going to cut it down to like one book a month mm-hmm. for the foreseeable future. Just because we just don't have time right now. So our July book will be Alias Grace by Margaret Atwood. Misty picked that one. Thank you very much. <laughs> so we'll see you next month with Alias Grace. <laughs> okay. Bye. Bye. Because they all had to die. Nah, 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 nah.